Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Alphabet shareholders demand accountability by Natasha Tiku. Alphabet, Google's parent company, faced an onslaught of 14 independent shareholder proposals during its annual meeting on Wednesday, most criticizing the concentration of power in the hands of a few executives and all demanding some kind of structural change to make the company more accountable to workers, shareholders, Chinese dissidents, or prospective neighbors of Google's planned campus in San Jose. The accountability theme was striking across issues ranging from seeking a human rights assessment of Google's work in China to clawing back compensation from executives who have sexually harassed employees. Underscoring shareholders' concerns, the company's co founders, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, were both no shows, and Google CEO Sundar Pichai didn't answer any questions. All the proposals failed after a few minutes of ceremonial voting. An expected outcome given that Alphabet's board recommended votes against each and that Page and Brin control 51% of the company's voting power despite owning 13% of its stock. We believe Google's size and complexity is unmanageable, said a representative from Some of Us, an advocacy group of consumers, workers, and investors that cited human rights concerns in China as one reason Alphabet should hire independent advisors to evaluate restructuring the company. Alphabet operates essentially as a dictatorship, said a shareholder representative, criticizing the extra voting power of shares held by Page and Brin. This year's meeting reflected an appreciable escalation in employee activism from 2018. Last year, Google engineer Irene Knapp introduced a proposal to tie executive compensation to progress on diversity. 
This year, three proposals were introduced by Alphabet employees regarding human rights in China around Google's proposed censored search app, mandatory arbitration, and the use of non-disclosure agreements in sexual harassment claims, and tying executive pay to environmental sustainability and racial and gender diversity. The latter was introduced by Knapp. Other Google employees addressed executives during the Q&A session. Marie Collins, a Google business analyst, said executives feign powerlessness when the company is challenged and do not understand the consequences of their actions, such as an artificial caste system that denies contractors some of the privileges of employees. Toward the end of the meeting, you could hear dozens of demonstrators, a group that included Google employees, low-paid contract workers, and local community members represented by the nonprofit Silicon Valley Rising, chanting outside. We shouldn't have to be here protesting. We should have been included from the start. Knapp told the crowd gathered at the rally. Executives seem to anticipate some of the criticisms. Tuesday, Google announced a one billion dollar effort to make Bay Area housing more affordable. At the meeting, Chief Financial Officer Ruth Porat touted what she said was Google's three hundred thirty-five billion dollar economic impact in the U.S. in two thousand eighteen. Alphabet also faced political backlash from the right, mirroring the national conversation around dominant tech platforms. Two speakers called out what they described as Google's liberal bias and need for more conservative views, both mentioning the company's decision to disband its ethics council. The proposals were defeated, but shareholders added heft to concerns raised by employees by pointing out the risks to the company's reputation around employee protests and the treatment of contractors. Max Kapczynski, an employee at Alphabet's Verily Life Sciences unit, who introduced a proposal around equitable employment, told Wired that choosing to hire contractors rather than full-time employees can be a matter of convenience, even for engineers. You don't have to go through hiring committee. There's not as much politics in getting the headcount. It costs a lot less money to the company, plain and simple. Last month, the New York Times reported that Google has 120,000 contractors and temps, and about 102,000 employees. Still, Wednesday was hardly the first time Google's shareholder meeting has been used as a venue to press the company on ethical concerns. Patrick Doherty, director of corporate governance for the New York State Comptroller's Office, and the final shareholder to speak, recalled that Google stopped censoring its search engine in China in 2010 because it was inconsistent with its values. Soon after, the Chinese government blocked Google. There's a lot of similarities between Chinese Communist Party and the board of Google, John Harrington said at a tense shareholder meeting in 2008, when Amnesty International proposed changes to Google's censored search in China, including disclosing censorship requests. The crowd tittered, but Harrington continued, "No, I'm serious. We need to think about it relative to majority rule." Page and Brin were both present at that meeting. The board urged shareholders to vote against the Amnesty International proposal, though Brin abstained from voting. As Wednesday's meeting closed, Doherty said he hoped Google's executives remembered the commitments to their values made after their last foray into China. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus twenty four seven customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger dot com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.